0: It's the nerdiest thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Look it got me. And, yeah, I mean, uh, if you
1: hadn't done that, who knows? Maybe I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> the only thing that I dream of Is for you to be dreaming of me
2: Robin Wilson. The One is a podcast that showcases everyday people and the love stories that make them unique. My guests this week on The One are Erica and Stephen, who first came face to face at a Doctor Who convention, and from that moment on, never let little things like time or space get in their way. All right, so Erica, we'll start with you. Tell me three
1: things that you love about Stephen. I love Stephen's nerdy deep deep doctor who knowledge so not just the fact that he's a doctor who fan but the fact that he can tell the 1960s production codes of every story from doctor who this is a pro (laughs) yep that's one (laughs) um i love what a great partner he is as far as being a uh Um, what's the right word for it? He boisters me. I have have some mental health challenges from time to time, depression and anxiety. And it seems like Steven's personality is perfect for balancing that out and helping keep me afloat. And I love what a great big silly kid he is. (laughs) We just, we have fun all the time. And he is unendingly excited by just little things like puppies and lego and just happy things so it makes for it makes for a happy life. Steven same question to you.
0: I like that you are love you love. I love.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: I love that <laughs> you, A, that you are receptive to such, um, sometimes I think that I'm a bouncy puppy, and at times you are a sort of a, a sullen kitty, sleeping uh-huh. on the couch all the time, and I'm just sort of <laughs> bouncing around wanting to play. I love that you tolerate me in that regard, because <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is your, your best interest that I have in mind when I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy, I love, <laughs> your... I think I've become much more open to social issues and and feminist issues and, uh, you know, all sorts of things that I never even considered before meeting you. I so love that about you. And I also love your um, your go getting because okay. you do have it. Sometimes when you think you don't. Um, you know, aren't doing much. And then all of a sudden you, you know, you do like eight different podcasts <laughs> and write a blog and everything else and you do a great deal. And I'm always uh, quite impressed by that.
1: Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so how did you two meet? We met on Twitter because of Stephen's podcast.
0: That's right. I do a Doctor Who podcast called Radio Free Scarrow. And we went to Gallifrey One, a Doctor Who convention in Los Angeles in... 2011, we'd been there before, but in 2011 we went and interviewed Chris Hardwick on that show. He was there from Nerdist, Nerdist podcast, and I think you were a fan of the Nerdist podcast and were surprised to learn of the existence of a podcast exclusively about Doctor Who.
1: I had just discovered podcasting, and I was a, a new fan of the Nerdist, and yeah, I was. my mind was blown that there was a whole podcast about Doctor Who, which is my favorite show from the time I was four or five, and little did I know, there were like 80 Doctor Who podcasts (laughs) even at the time, Uh, so I started, you know, listening to your podcast because I saw Chris Hardwick tweet about it, and from there, um, I was just discovering Twitter. Twitter is how I discovered podcasts, so I started following the podcast, Radio Free Scarrow, and the three hosts, and Stephen and I one night just started talking back and forth on Twitter, and... It just it took off from there. It, and then we learned that there was a limit to the day of how many direct messages you could have on Twitter really? at the time. There yeah. was. At the
0: time, there was. Yeah, <laughs> yes. 2011.
1: Yeah. Uh, two, 250 in a day, I think. Mm-hmm. So suddenly I couldn't do that anymore. And then it progressed to email. <laughs> yep. And then from email to G-chat. So just like, you know, in, in real life, you go from having coffee to maybe having lunch to maybe having dinner to... You know, spending the night. For us, it was from, from Twitter to direct message to Google to, to Gmail to, to instant <laughs> messages. And then we met in person, finally. And so how long were you corresponding before you met? I think
0: it was only about five months, because you originally were going to go to Galafre One in 2012, mm-hmm. I think. But there was another Doctor Who convention, it's going to become a recurring theme, uh, <laughs> yep. in Chicago, which is where near where she was. She's from Madison, Wisconsin. And so... Uh, I was going there anyway for my first time to Chicago, and she was so oh, we said, yeah, let's go meet up and and, mm-hmm. and just see what happens sort of thing. And,
1: mm-hmm. and what happened? <laughs> 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 Happily, the chemistry was just as good in person yeah. as it was online. I, I still remember very clearly opening the hotel room door, He because I got there first, and then he arrived later, and, and I was like, oh, I'm in room such and such, you know, come up. And he knocked on the door. And between the time that he knocked on the door and when I came to the door, someone else that he know had, like, kind of come up behind him and I was by the elevator. So when I opened the door, I actually had a nice shot of, like, the back of his head and, like, he's turned away from me having this conversation with somebody else.
0: What it allowed me to do, legitimately, is when I knocked on the door and my friend Sean, who runs the Gallifer One conventionally enough, but which more later, uh, <laughs> I turned my head. And sort of said hi to him. And so when the door opened, I actually had a reason to sort of nonchalantly (laughs)
1: turn turn
0: towards the door and greet my future wife.
1: Very stylish.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) And not at all planned at all. I can (laughs) confirm that. So was there any awkwardness in that first face-to-face meeting?
1: There was... Well, there was the... Do I go in for a hug or not? Um, yeah. Which, obviously, yes, we did hug. But there was that kind of like moment of like that you know, moving the body back and forth hesitation. Do we do we hug or not? And then we did. But really, it wasn't. It wasn't the kind of awkwardness that I've had in person meeting some other people that I've just known online. It was pretty much instantaneous. Although within five minutes of meeting him, we then went down to the lobby to meet friends. Uh, within the first five minutes of sitting with him, somebody came up and asked for his autograph. So there was <laughs> It's not
0: happened often. Again, not planned. Did not you planned. pay that person? <laughs> not pay that <laughs> That's what I wondered. No.
1: Uh, and and yeah, so that was... That actually ended up being a really good icebreaker because Stephen, being the good, humble Canadian he is, was kind of like halfway between very puffed up and, and proud and mortified. <laughs> so it was just like strangely embarrassed, but also I could tell he was happy because that made him look good. Uh, and it was... It, so. Uh, it, it was something to laugh about, sort of, for the rest of the convention. And so, how long was the convention? Like, was it a weekend? It
2: was mm-hmm. a
0: weekend. Yeah. And, and you guys was... spent
2: the weekend pretty much all together. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I had a room there with that, a roommate. With a roommate. Um, well, I barely saw all weekend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and then uh, the last night, I think, because you, you only were staying until the Sunday.
1: Yes, I hadn't booked for the whole. The the last night, because the last night of the convention, you know, the convention's over. So I figured I'd just drive the hour and a half back to my parents' house um, and and crash there and save some money. So I didn't have a hotel room, but I didn't want to leave at that point because we'd been having such a good time. And uh, it ended up just sort of being like a great big slumber party. We just ended up staying up really, really late, jabbering. Too late. I wanted to go
0: to sleep. Yeah, he wanted to
1: go to sleep. (laughs) Eric and I were just like back and forth, la, 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 la. And he was like, come on, you guys. (laughs) So
2: it worked out. Mm -hmm. And when did the first kiss happen?
1: Oh, God, that was... <laughs> their
2: Two
0: or three hours after we first met?
1: Yeah, probably. It was... We ended up a whole bunch of people... Well, several people hanging out in my hotel room yeah. uh, after after it was thanksgiving day in the united states so after people had come back from thanksgiving dinner and hung out for a while everybody just sat in my room and talked and talked and, and eventually people sort of filtered away they could see what was happening uh so they just sort of filtered off and and left us alone and then i don't know minutes after that mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe not even mm-hmm. and who who made the first move that's a good question oh it was me okay
0: <laughs> uh and i i remember it because i was nerdy um, I, I quoted <gasps> right. I quoted a Doctor Who line. <laughs> he did which line? Which well, there's okay. Here we go. This is number <laughs> number uh, number one in the list of three things that she loves about me. Here we go.
1: Deep dive nerdiness. <laughs>
0: there is a, a line in a Doctor Who story where the Doctor sort of says, you know, he's sort of figuring something out, and he goes, ah, you know, I can feel my hair curling. That either means that uh, it's going to rain, or it's I'm onto something. And I had thought of this line, I thought this would impress her, uh, and so I said, you know, we're sort of talking and getting closer and stuff, and says, ah, oh, I can feel my hair curling.
2: That means either I want to something or I want to kiss you. <laughs> And so at the end of the convention, was there already a plan to meet up again?
1: We already knew the next time we would see each other because the... So that was in November. And then there's the Gallifrey One convention in LA in February, which I don't think at that time I had bought a membership for yet. I had just sort of been on the fence about going and it kind of depended on how my first convention experience... Because that was my first Doctor Who convention ever... I don't know. I think I might have probably the next day bought my membership for <laughs> for California one. So we did know that we would see each other then in uh, in just a few months.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so at the end of the convention in November, knowing that you're going to see each other in
2: February, did you uh, have sex that first weekend or did you wait,
1: knowing that it was going to be coming in February? <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> we, we did the first night.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So Stephen had he had a roommate uh, who, when he says he barely saw him that weekend, he actually saw him a lot during the day on uh, panels yeah. and stuff. Uh, yeah.
0: He had a spare bed. He
1: had a spare bed. Yeah. Yeah. Way. Mm-hmm. yeah. Until the last night when I didn't have a room That's and we true. both moved in. Yeah. <laughs> so the connection was really right off the bat.
0: It was palpable. Yeah. Pretty deep yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm.
2: So Stephen, with you in Edmonton and mm-hmm. Erica in Wisconsin, uh, what did dating look like?
0: It was Skype based. For sure. And I think we, at early on, I think in those first three months, we just were just sort of talking to each other a lot, you know, mm-hmm. as one does. Basically, phone calls over video, Skype a lot. Mm-hmm. I think uh, afterwards, like once we realized that this is our life, uh, mm-hmm. we, we just sort of like worked it in. I remember, you know, telling friends and stuff, you know, I've got this, you know, girl I'm seeing, she lives in <laughs> 1,500 miles away. And they were like, kind of like laughing at me, not laughing, but sort of really like you got a Skype date and like, like we would actually schedule mm-hmm. Skype dates, you know, as we would basically treat it as if we were in person at all times, you know, and you, if you're going to, you're, you're in the same city, you schedule something and you go out and have fun and stuff. And we would do that. We would treat it as normal as possible. And sometimes we would watch movies. Sometimes we'd talk. Sometimes we would both cook. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like we would just bring our computers into the kitchen and just it just be as normal as possible to sort of like try to cut down the, the novelty of, of, of having, you know, speaking to each other over, over Skype.
1: Mm-hmm. You know. When you're for New Year's Eve, we decided to play a New Year's Eve thing with each other. So we played Trivial Pursuit. We each had a Trivial Pursuit board of the same version and, you know, dressed up fancy and bought champagne and just celebrated the new year. From 1,500 miles away or like, you know, the cooking, sometimes we'd even make the same recipe, you know, in the same, you know, like, oh, have you put your lentils in yet? Yep, I just did. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. And so then how often did you see each other every day in person? We, let's see. Well, it was Gallifrey
0: Mm -hmm. in February, 2012. Mm -hmm. And then I don't think, when's the next time? I think I visited you in
1: May May
0: for about a week and a half. Mm
1: -hmm. And then that was it until November. No.
0: Wasn't it? When well, we went to Grandstone Lake. We oh, think. that's right. He yeah. came and
1: visited. I had a little family vacation uh, in northern Wisconsin and convinced him to come along and, and meet my family. He'd already met them when he came to visit mm-hmm. uh, earlier, but this was like, you know, spending a weekend in a cabin with my family, <laughs> which he kindly did. And I had a good time. Mm-hmm. So there was that. And then it was November. So it would be like maybe three or four times a year we would see each other and... And, yeah, the rest of the time was just living together almost on Skype. We would just Skype pretty much every single night. And was there ever any discussion about moving? It happened pretty quick, I think. It did.
0: It's funny how, you know, I I sometimes think about how quickly it moved. But then, you know, when you're in your mid-30s, you've sort of lived enough life experience to Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, it's kind of like playing. I I equate it to playing a video game that you played a lot. And it's like you've gone through, you know, the video game of life, so to speak. And then it crashes and you have to start from the beginning again. And you realize, I know all these moves. So you're just kind of going through what you already know because it feels right. I don't think it ever felt like we were moving too fast Mm -mm. or anything like that, you know?
1: No, not at all. I mean, it became obvious pretty quickly that we were very well matched and wanted to spend lots and lots and lots of time together. And in order to really make that happen, somebody had to move. And I mean, neither one of us were particularly tied to the place that we were at. Mm -hmm. So as you were going through this mostly Skype relationship,
2: long distance, did either of you ever have any doubts like this? It's not worth it. I never see them. It's just not. It would be so much easier just to have someone here.
1: Never.
0: You say that now. That's funny.
1: Like, why didn't we ever do that? (laughs) That never occurred to me at all. I think maybe because it just was so... Perfect, And it sounds so smoochy to say that, but it really, it really was. I had, I don't know, it was like two pieces of a puzzle that fit together, to use a really obnoxious metaphor (laughs) that's still appropriate. Uh, So I never had any kind of feeling like it wasn't, like it wasn't worth it. And so who proposed? Technically, Stephen did. (laughs) We, the, the... thing is, neither one of us are particularly the the marrying kind. Neither one of us really wanted to do that in the first place, which is something we had discussed openly. But when I discovered how hard it was to move to Canada, we were like, um, I guess we should probably do this.
0: Yeah. So I think it was, we actually, it's funny because when we, uh, when the time came for us to plan our, um, our application for her to move to Canada, we actually had to submit like documentation. And like one of the questions on the form is when did you propose? And because of the uniqueness of our relationship, you were actually, like, spent scrolling back through, like, WhatsApp... Chat logs (laughs) to like October twenty eighth nine fourteen p.m. when I basically said so. Do you want to get is literally that?
1: Yes, we were having, and it was it was kind of that moment where we were like, well, it looks like this would be a viable option. This could be a thing that would work. Very
0: romantic. And then, and he
1: literally did say, so do you want to get married? and I said, yeah, sure. To
0: this day, I wish I would have put like an emoticon of a ring and a question mark.
1: Oh, it would be great. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. that's how it happened. No. Yep.
1: I think that's great, though. Like, it's the yeah. practicality of what do we need to do to be together? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I mean, it it was kind of poetically perfect for it to happen over an instant message system because that is very typical of the way that we talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, tell me about the wedding. The wedding. Big traditional. <laughs>
0: no. Just kind of. It was no not traditional. No. <laughs> uh, it happened on a Thursday morning. In the basement of a hotel that was about to host a Doctor Who convention, uh, I remember the guy who walked by me to look nonchalant. It was he who's running that convention, and we are friends of his by this time in February of 2013. He says, "You want to get married? Come and get married. I will give you a room like in the downstairs, and you can like invite 50 guests or something like that, and you can have the wedding at the convention free of charge." Wow! Mm-hmm. And so we took him up because, like, like she said, it wasn't we weren't the marrying kind. Yeah. But we, we decided to hold it at that place because, it, it you know, all of our friends were now in the Doctor Who convention world, and so they, what one place would they all be more or less was right there, so...
1: Mm-hmm. And they had kind of watched our relationship blossom from yeah. the very beginning because it's that online Twitter community of people that that sort of saw us. And they were going to be at the convention anyway. And my parents are Doctor Who fans, so they were able to to come down. And uh, our friend Eric, who was Stephen's roommate at that very first convention, mm-hmm. uh, agreed to uh, get ordained online and became an official minister of whatever online church it was—human life
0: or something. <laughs> I don't uh, it's remember. It's one of those it. internet churches, you know. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. And he performed the ceremony, which was roughly three minutes long, which is exactly what we wanted. It was beautiful. I mean, it mentioned Dr. Who very briefly, but it wasn't all about that. And yeah, so, you know, 40, 50 of our friends showed up in their Dr. Who finery and my mom ordered cupcakes with Tardises on them. So three minutes, quick ceremony. We ate Dr. Who cupcakes and yeah. And then after that, There was a convention to go to, so it was pretty exciting. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, We didn't have a formal reception because uh, the night before the convention starts, there's something called informally called LobbyCon, where everybody who's going to be at the convention just sort of hangs out in the lobby and drinks drinks from the bar and just chatters and stuff. So we kind of had a built-in reception that was more fantastic than anything we could have planned (laughs) on our own. I mean, there were Doctor Who actors and producers and stuff just sort of wandering around what could be better. And so now you guys are married, everything was great,
2: you moved up to Edmonton, you've been together ever since that day. No. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be nice?
0: (sighs) You didn't move up, uh, you know, that was, the marriage license gave us something to include in our application to sponsor her to get Mm -hmm. here, and I think we only were able to finally do that in May or something like that, I think of 2013. There
1: was some sort of like little error on the marriage license which required us to uh, send it We had to send it around to get additional signatures from the witnesses and the minister and then send it back. And
0: there was a strike
1: (laughs) in the summer
0: uh, for people who handle those things. Uh, So there's a backlog there. And then I think there was also a typhoon in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, you know, there's a large Filipino population here. So that was sort Mm -hmm. of delaying things. And so I think we found out in... um, we 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 actually we met we met up in florida for a short trip and then when i got home there was a letter in the in the mailbox that's right yeah i think those the the, the months after the wedding leading up to like it, it was you know we managed to see each other once or twice mm-hmm. in between that was probably the toughest i think
1: yeah leaving leaving la after the wedding we didn't actually have anything <clears throat> booked <clears throat> for when we would see each other next. So it was very difficult to leave. Like airports really sucked for us. We hated going to the airport because it meant tears and and crying and stuff um, for leaving each other. And that was the worst one because we didn't know when we would see each other again. And it was like there's this light at the end of the tunnel, but the tunnel was, we didn't know how long it Mm -hmm. it was. And I think that that was the most stressful part of the whole relationship. And so how long was it from marriage to moving? We got married February 14th.
2: We're not um, Valentine's that, people. That was an accident. We're not Valentine's <laughs> people. It
0: just Such happened to be the Thursday before the convention. Uh-huh. And we only realized that. when we, what did, Oh, God. It's the 14th. <laughs> yep. uh, so, yeah.
1: So, yes. it's February 14th of 2013. And then it was March 2nd of 2014 <sighs> that I actually officially landed in Canada. And how did you celebrate? By sleeping. Sleeping. <laughs> so, excited. it was a harrowing oh, trip. Uh, my mom and I drove my stuff in a, my parents' old rickety minivan i
0: drove i drove down in a rented van to meet her halfway we we're supposed to meet in great falls mm-hmm. but you never made it that far so we settled on helena montana further down the road mm-hmm. did the swap um
1: yeah moved moved all these you know big rubbermaid tupperware yeah. things from one van to the other and you know then my mom turned around and drove all the way back home <laughs> by herself yeah and then we drove up to the border and i just i get nervous about you know, authority figures, even when I haven't done anything wrong mm-hmm. and I've got all my paperwork in order. Like it was just that was really nerve wracking. So once we walked out of the, the immigration office and, you know, with the paperwork in hand saying you are a permanent resident, I just felt a million pounds lighter and just like I didn't know what to do with my brain. I was <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm here.
0: We had six and a half hours left, half hours left <laughs> yep. to drive home. That's what we had to do. Mm-hmm. You were thinking of elation. I was thinking, oh, God, can we get home before 1 a.m.? No.
1: no, we didn't. <laughs> no, we didn't.
0: No.
2: So you got home, you just had a good sleep mm-hmm. in your new home bed mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Yes. That was a pretty good celebration. That was pretty great. <laughs> it it was, really was. It was the best, actually, mm-hmm. after all that. Yeah. So, Stephen, one thing you two obviously share is your love of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Tell me one thing that you are complete opposites.
0: Uh, our favorite stories of all time. Um, I mean, I can appreciate what her favorite story of, is of all time. She does not like my favorite story of all time. It's called The Caves of Andrizzani. Um, and she doesn't like it uh, one bit. I'm hoping to not try to convince her otherwise, but to show it to her and make her realize it's brilliance. Um, this so, doesn't
1: sound like such a big deal from the outside, <laughs> but it really is. I mean, whenever I mention it, you should see the look on his face.
0: <laughs> uh, allow me to uh, go and make a deep dive into Doctor Who again uh, for our our first disagreement. Um, and it was thus there was uh, I have a, a season long box set from one of the seasons of Doctor Who that also came out subsequently in a special edition that that, we, that we, I didn't have. And she wanted to get that. So we thought, let's put this Amazon gift card that we got for our wedding towards buying that. Because it's her favorite season of Doctor Who. It's one of my favorites. There was a mildly heated discussion as to where this new version of the, uh, the box set, because it was smaller, you see, than the original, where it should fit on the shelf. Should it be in sequence of the rest of the episodes or at the end? And I had thought that perhaps we would just take out the discs from the new version and put them in the cases of the old.
1: <laughs> oh, she did not
0: have that.
1: No, you can't mix and match from. The, oh, it was. This was. Yeah, that was actually our first. You know, fight is a strong word, but a uh, fighting quotes. Yeah, yeah, it was. That's probably the worst moment of our yeah. of our nascent marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so even in opposition, it's all about Doctor Who. So,
2: Stephen, what is one thing that Erica does that never fails to make you smile? Oh, goodness
0: me. I have to narrow that down to one thing. Um, Mm. uh, It's the way she says goodnight to me every single night. (laughs) So I won't go into details here, but it's just cute and adorable and different every single night. It's come to the point where I expect it and demand it. (laughs) If it doesn't happen, I get very upset. Uh, And it it literally always makes me smile.
1: We are are nerds of of the deep dive Doctor Who nerds. So which Doctor Who companion duo best
2: represents your relationship? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know.
0: That's a tough... I hate to, like, assume the doctor role in this. Um, well, showing you or it could be Canada, two companions. Two companions as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think... Um, Who do you... Th- you want to equate yourself to Nyssa. I think you're more interesting than Nyssa. Sorry, this is the deep dive section <laughs> of the podcast. Well, yeah. so maybe, yeah.
1: maybe we could be Ian and Barbara. <clears throat> oh, I like
0: that. Ian and Barbara were the very first Doctor Who companions uh, way back in 1963. They were two school schoolteachers. Um, but they were sort of thrust into an adventure together by accident and sort of became mm-hmm. closer because of
1: that. And they were both very intelligent and you know, Barbara's she's really cool. Yeah. She 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 took the uh, the bull by the horns a lot of the time and and Ian was sort of the dashing man of action
0: which I clearly am. So <laughs> that does match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, Ian and Barbara. For those of you keeping notes at home, we were Doctor Who fans. <laughs>
2: So Erica, what was it about
1: Steven that made it clear to you that he was the one? Oh, I have a great answer for this because I can I can narrow it down to the instant. So Steven is a big Lego aficionado. He collects Lego. And that was something that I knew from listening to the podcast because he talks about it sometimes and uh, had seen pictures on online. And at some point shortly after we had become Facebook friends, I was... Well, Facebook stalking his pictures as you do when you have a really big crush (laughs) on somebody. And this was before it was to the dating, you know, online point. We were just talking. And I found this photo album on Facebook that he had made of the what is it called the special edition Millennium Falcon the ultimate
0: collectors edition I believe is what it's called but okay. yeah
1: So it's a, the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars and it's like the giantest version of it that Lego had put out and he got this and he put it together over the course of a week or so and did a photo um, series of the process of building the Falcon so it was called you know raising the Falcon and not only did he take pictures of the different stages of of the build, you know, starting to end, he took, you know, had the clock in every picture to show how long it was taking but since he has so much other lego stuff he added this whole creative element to it he had his lego construction crew around it with a lego crane like lifting pieces onto it and there was a caption for every single one and you know things about the you know Chewbacca and Han Solo standing by and like looking on and one day the construction workers got a break and all got on a little lego bus and went to a lego <laughs> pizza restaurant to have a break for pizza and beer And then at the end, just when you think the Falcons all put together, yay, everybody's going to get on. You know, there's imperial red tape and a whole bunch of stormtroopers show up and block the way and they have to get some paperwork. It was just so creative and adorable. As soon as I like read through that, I was like, this is the guy for me. That was the moment. I knew it, and and from then on, I think everything that I did online, and as far as our interactions, was sort of with the intent: I am going to win him. I'm going to win him over and make him like me, and I guess it worked. All right, Steven. Same question to you: What was it about Erica that made it clear
2: to you that she was the one?
0: Her her eyes. Seriously, yeah, they just—they're. I always compared them to a cat. You know, they're just sort of inquisitive and uh, and and. And in depth, mysterious and everything. And I just found them very intriguing. I think they concealed a very interesting soul.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of The One. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe on iTunes because there are many more love stories to be told. If you know of a love story that you think I should showcase on The One, have them drop me a line at lovestorypodcast at gmail.com or send me a message yourself and we can open the world up to the beauty of love in all of its forms. I'd like to thank Jacek Chocolate Couture for spreading joy to my guests in the form of chocolates. Their spring collection is out, and it is fantastic. The music for the one is I Love You Oddly by Rebecca Angel. You can hear more from Rebecca on iTunes or at ReverbNation.com backslash Rebecca Angel. Until next time, here's a quote from the 11th Doctor. The universe is big. It's vast and complicated and ridiculous. And sometimes, very rarely, impossible things just happen and we call them miracles.
1: And if one thing you learned...